Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Come on, girls. Let's go shopping. That's not a knife. This is a knife. What are you looking at? Don't look at a boy jumping me. You're mad, you bastard. Across, you get a bag of all sorts in here, mate. Welcome to Walk. G'day, folks, and welcome to another episode of The Curb. My name is Andrew Pearce, and this is a podcast that takes a look at culture, films, interviews, and a heck of a lot more. This podcast is proudly recorded in the lands of the Wajak people of Perth region, and I pay respects to their elders, both past, present, and emerging. In this particular episode, I catch up with filmmaker Robert Michoen, whose new film, The Killing of Two Lovers, is out in cinemas on this coming 16th of September 2021. Highly recommended film. It is a powerful drama that uh, features, well, two really great performances, but uh, mostly one from Clayne Crawford, who is the central uh, figure in this particular film that I, I just can't shake this movie at all. It's one of the best films I've seen this year. Uh, It is about David, who is desperately trying to keep his family together during a separation from his wife. They both agree to see other people, but David is struggling to deal with that realisation and acceptance, and it kind of evolves from there. This film kind of shakes around what the actual title of this particular uh, narrative might suggest. It is not a violent film. Uh, I understand that the title, The Killing of Two Lovers, might suggest that this is a really violent film, but it's not. Uh, There is no violence in it. But there is violence in some regards, in the sense that the manner that this relationship, this family, is torn apart. It's powerful stuff. It's really, really effective. Uh, And I really enjoy being able to talk to Robert about his filmmaking process, and most importantly... um, as people might know from being a, a long-time listener or a follower of The Curb, uh, you might know that I'm a big Kelly Reichardt fan, so I couldn't help but ask Robert about his influence from Kelly Reichardt and uh, where her filmmaking has influenced his filmmaking. So hopefully that particular aspect of um, his work feeds into your interest of watching The Killing of Two Lovers. I highly recommend this film and uh, really, really strongly recommend people seek it out whenever you can and safely can. All right, guys, here is a little bit of the trailer and be back with the interview. Hey, Alex. Yeah? What do you call a pile of kittens? What? A mountain. Come on, Mountain! Live my life. Painted in a corner. You working? Yeah. This early? Yeah, Dad. Stop digging. I think we're doing the right thing. David, I love you. You love me. We're trying to figure this out. By the time 
I'm losing her, Dad. Love is a feeling, and feelings, they move in, they move out. Mom's cheating on you. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> no need to be sorry at all. What time is it there in your, your land? It's only six, but... Oh, okay. It's I teach during the day, and, and it, I love students, but it's like they kind of make you tired with, like, the energy, all the energy. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on the film. It is a okay. gut punch of a movie um, that I kind of resonated with uh, in a way that I didn't expect. So, yeah, congratulations. It's really powerful stuff. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, I was... Scary thing to make, but but I, I was excited at the result. <laughs> yeah, as you should be, as you should be. Um, I want to talk about, first of all, because this is, obviously, it's about separation. It's about relationships. It's about the distance that comes between us through marriage, through uh, relationships and things like that. And as somebody who has gone through a separation, who has gone through a divorce, this felt pulled from my life in a way. I'm curious uh, for you, uh, you know, where is that lived-in experience or that understood experience coming from for this particular film? Yeah, for me, it it started to, you know, I, I had reached this point in my own marriage where we had been married for a long period of time and had friends that were married, and they were entering this period where people were separating and and siblings uh some of my siblings had separated from their husband from their spouses. And it was like, it, I don't know, it was like, like, it was all around me kind of a thing. Like, I'm like, what's going on? <clears throat> and I ended up pretty paranoid um, about it in my own relationship. And, and Rebecca was very like, we're fine, don't worry about it. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> like, and it was like, very dismissive. And and I thought that was very interesting. I was like, why are you so dismissive about it? And I'm not. And I began to think about some of the aspects of like, and, and not that she, I think she was dismissive because she was not worried, <laughs> you know, I don't think it was like uh, dismissive as me as a person, but it made me really start to think about the differences of our relationship and approach. And so that was kind of like the the kernel of the film for me. And then I just started really asking people like, you know, what they were going through and the male perspective, as I, some of my friends acted in ways like so outside, like who they are. Like I knew that like the, that period of time, like given a couple years, they would wish like, can I erase it? Can I like scrub it? And we not. That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what occurred, you know? Yeah. And that was interesting to me that I was like, this is situational. Like, and there's not another environment where you know how that how you would respond in this circumstance. You don't ever really give yourself over to anybody the same way. As far as like, I mean, you know, my siblings and my parents, I I really love, but they actually love me unconditionally. I say stupid things or we get in massive arguments and then it's a, yeah, but we'll come back around and make everything okay. And, and what I started to discover is, people acting so out of character that I wanted to really explore uh, a, an individual also as it relates to kind of masculinity, of course, like there's this weird, what I keep saying, like the dialogues we're having are very healthy in society right now, but there's also this weird other element where it's like somebody pounds on the door at four in the morning 
it's definitely my wife kind of like you're gonna go get the door and i don't like that stuff i i get very like nervous and afraid she's like you're ridiculous and i'm like why am i ridiculous like you know so there's this there is this under element of masculinity that that i don't think is necessarily it's not negative i i keep thinking like that's how like somebody naively goes i could build an engine and then like does you know there's that element and i think that that aspect of masculinity we've defined it as the word masculinity men and women have it like regardless of their gender it exists but it's so prevalent in our culture in uh, in the dialogue is men are supposed to do those things you know Mm -hmm. and so i wanted to i wanted to complicate it david's trying to give his wife the room to to grow at the same time being like i can't lose her though you know and like both those things exist yeah it's that balance of trying to maintain what you've had and and knowing what started the relationship and knowing what you've got you've got four kids you know that kind of thing and and trying to fight for that and that fight is so hard (laughs) yeah really hard david is really trying to find this balance and then the other aspect that i really wanted to explore in the writing part of it was the fact that you know like Rebecca and I got married. I was 22. She was 20 or maybe I was 23. She was 20. We're, we're like, we're not fully realized people at all. Um, And so I really was interested, like Nikki's not wrong in her pursuit of like, who am I now that this like part, this chapter is ending a new, new chapter beginning where she's got more time on her hands. And it's like, well, who am I wanting to kind of explore that? And the rally that we grow, like nobody, nobody tells us that i mean my sister uh once got very upset at my parents when she was first married and and she said to them like you didn't argue in front of us i thought you're like good marriages don't argue so when i'm in an argument with my husband i'm like oh it's over (laughs) you know and they're you know six months in so there's also this learning of like how we ebb and flow and David's really trying to understand that, and Nikki's really asking to explore it. And so I, I kind of like was like, nobody's making a wrong decision at this in this film. Everyone's making like just trying to grow as a human being, and yeah. that's interesting. But the result is collision. It's like this aggressive collision between all parties. Yeah, and that that's what I liked is that um, obviously the the opening scene is very. Um, you know, tightened and, and feels very violent, even though there's no violence there. But um, there are no particular villains here. Both people, as you're saying, are working towards a goal which might include the other, but they don't know. They're trying to work these things out and they're doing it for the first time. And I felt that really, really uh, keenly. It's, um, yeah, oh, great. it felt almost like documentary. Like, And I was like, geez, I, I hope these people are okay, you know, afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my brother said to me once as he was working on his relationship, you know, I was like, what's up? You know, because it kind of came out of left field. And he said, like, look, I can either like address this now and like say it takes me six months to figure it out. And then we're married for another 30 years or I can bury it and it'd be a problem that's buried underneath that just continues to be buried as we move along until it comes out. Mm. And that was like. Oh, that's like, that's an interesting kind of assessment. So I was like, yeah, I think they are at this kind of juncture where it's like so important for them to, to do this, but also so very hard. Yeah. One of the things which I found really interesting, I watched it and 
you know, literally at the end, I was like, this feels like a Kelly Reichardt film in a, in a way. It feels pulled from that. And then I did a did some reading and then I read that you're inspired by her and, and her career and things like that. And of course, you're talking about teaching kids and things. And I'm curious, uh, as a filmmaker, what draws you to her particular aesthetic? I, I'm a huge fan of her work. And so this felt like it was in that same wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, the, the first film, the first short I made... Um, my collaborator Rodrigo, who I work with often, and I made this short that went to Austin Film Festival. And Wendy and Lucy was playing there, and I, I'm still trying to like figure out who I am. Right? I mean, I'm an undergrad in college, being like, I want to do films, and and trying to figure out. And I watched, I watched Wendy and Lucy, and was like, like if I ever made that film in my life, I could be done making movies. Like for me, yeah. it's such a it's such a brilliant, quiet film. And then I got an opportunity to talk to with Jonathan. He was outside after. And I was, you know, I take these these script writing courses and they were like, it's got to be 100 pages and all this like a minute and whatever. And I just said to him, like, that that wasn't like an 80 page script, was it? And he's like, no. And I was like, all of a sudden, like Wendy and Lucy and Jonathan just gave me the liberties to be a filmmaker. You know, it was like both things happen at the exact same time. And I needed that license to be really go in the direction because at film school, you look at all these films and you look at Spielberg and you, and others, which are great, but you're kind of told like that's filmmaking and to, to be able to see her work and then, and then to watch. And then, yeah, to know she was teaching. And I was like, oh, you, you know, I was like, oh, she went into teaching that gave her more liberty to not have to like fold to anybody. This is really interesting. And I just started to mirror my kind of work process like to hers and I and one of the things I and it's not just her Barbara Loden's film Wanda was a big reference for this film as well because I just loved how it explored and the frame the frame always consider most often considers photographs kind of consistently in that movie and that's something that Oscar and I talked a lot about and it was just like the way in which she's very comfortable uh just sitting for a while with your characters and letting letting them act. Um, I think there's power to that. I mean, I'm, I'm exploring it because I do think there's, it's not new. I mean, there's the plethora of filmmakers, but for me, it's like all the little bits, there's a scene, there's a part where, where David is in the middle, like the pause between the yelling and he just starts picking at something on, on the truck. And I'm like, that matters. It's like a disconnect. He's trying to disconnect somehow for this like brief moment to figure out how to calm himself down. Yet he can't. And the second he stops picking, it just starts up again. You know, those moments are just for me are, are just as critical as, you know, really great writing or really big, you know, set pieces or whatever. Yeah, I think I mean, yes, the narrative is is possibly nothing new, but I think the way that you present it is because, you know, after after getting divorced, I was trying to figure out how do I do this? And there's, you know, there's books and there's articles online and stuff like that. But I'm a film lover. So you go and seek out films and I watch it all. I'm like, this is not this doesn't reflect me. And then I watch this and I'm like, I kind of wish I had this a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and because I, I can understand it and and appreciate it. And you present that kind of separation in a way that feels new. Oh, um, thank so, you. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, in the work I do, I, I 
I think the the way people really communicate, you know, like sometimes again in your writing class, they'll be like, "Oh, you want to write dialogue the way you wished you had said," you know. And this guy, there's a tattoo, and it's a, I think it's a painting, but it's also I saw it on a tattoo. It says it was like a thick book that says "Things I Should Have Said," Volume Eight, you know. <laughs> and it's like I'm almost like the opposite. I'm like if I'm sitting in a in, in a restaurant and I'm hearing really great dialogue between two people i'm just cataloging it because i think the way we we really kind of talk about things the messy the sloppy you know the way in which things are like missaid aren't like necessarily correct i think there's like tons of value in that because i i in many ways i mean it feels more real and then all of a sudden i i in many ways start to feel heard i'm like okay these people talk like I do and they like are dealing with a problem I'm dealing with and so I really I really find a lot of joy in trying to figure out how how the characters are going to talk and how it's messy yeah I, I liked how the dad you know when he moves back home again and the dad's just straight back into that old routine as well you know it's it's the tidiness you're talking about the messiness of, of how we talk but then there's the tidiness and the organization like 20 years of you know, not saying these things and then it just erupts. Yeah. Like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that, that experience is really interesting as it relates to that scene, because I was married when I, when I went to film school and already had two children and for a period, because we couldn't get housing, I had to live at my, my parents' house. And I was surprised how quickly they just act like you'd never left high school and you start to like, fold back into patterns of like how you existed in that space as well so i like that 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 kind of relationship between david and and his dad where you get to understand where it's almost like this is where he came from so that you can under like all this erratic stuff it's almost like grounds him and like this is who he is if you met him happily married or even like you know two years ago <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that was that was like for me i remember moving back with my parents and i was just like asking for, for, for permission to go out at night i'm like i'm over 30 years old why am i asking for permission <laughs> yeah 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 but, i remember saying hey i'm gonna run down to the 7-eleven i'll be back i'm like why do i i could just why, walk why? Out the yeah exactly you're an adult <laughs> yeah well, look, this is a really great film, and I, I really can't wait to revisit it uh, as I grow older and, and oh, see it, um, because I think there is a lot to learn from this film, uh, both as an um, artistic merit and then the narrative merit and the, the themes in there. Um, so I just really want to applaud uh, what you've done here, and thank you very much for sharing uh, your oh, work with the world. I'm really excited to see what you continue to do, and I've got to seek out your older films now, too, as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite of our older ones is is uh, God bless a child. If if you if you venture, that was really uh, it was based off of a story my dad had told me, and I tried to. His mother had had left him a letter. You'll you'll see when you move the, for the movie, but it was that same kind of how can we how can we capture sibling relationships in hard times and and the, those like interesting obligations that like fall in line when difficulty occurs. I think is very interesting. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate hey, it. Thank you so much, Andrew. See you later. 
was Robert McTowan talking about his new film, The Killing of Two Lovers, which I think is really one of the best films that I've seen this year. It's a really powerful film, uh, really quite a devastating piece, uh, with some absolutely perfect performances in there. And the cinematography here as well is just stunning. I just can't get this film out of my mind at all. I am looking forward to revisiting it and also really looking forward to seeking out Robert's other films. Uh, One of the problems that I'm sure that many Australians might find is that these indie filmmakers from America, uh, we kind of don't get to see too many of their films out here. They kind of just appear over there, they do wonderfully uh, get critical acclaim and then they struggle to get a release over here outside of film festivals. And I know that this screened at Perth's Revelation Film Festival and frustratingly I miss that earlier in the year but um, I'm glad that I got to see it now I I think this is just wonderful Uh, again go and see it if you can it's getting released here in Perth uh, in Adelaide and in a few other states as well and hopefully once lockdown lifts in New South Wales and Victoria that it will get released there too down the line uh, because this is powerful stuff so yeah thanks for listening guys and I hope you enjoyed this and let me know what you think of both The Killing of Two Lovers and of this particular interview you can head over and leave some comments on the actual website itself thecurb.com.au and you can check out other interviews there I've just done a series of interviews in uh, a few days Mark Leonard Winter as well as Anthony Mullins who's a BAFTA award winning writer talking about his book hear those podcast interviews on the website and also follow us on social media as well Facebook and on Twitter thecurbau is our handles on there and if you want to go the extra step head over to patreon patreon.com forward slash the curb au as little as a dollar a month helps keep this website nice and independent all right guys thanks for listening and i will see you on the next uh yeah next episode stay safe love this podcast support it and sponsor today Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details.